Thank you. And I believe we have Reverend Barbara Rose and our beautiful monk, George. Are you there? Yes. Padre. Awesome. I'm excited about tonight. A question for each of you to start right off is the intention for tonight. I know we have, we just want to bring presence with us, but there's an inner expectation. What would that might be because of all the creating that goes on in the, in preparing for this, but what is your, and I'll start with Barbara Rose, what is your intention for tonight that, what do you feel that's being brought into our, our service tonight? The presence of the divine in whatever way each of us needs to grow in that so that the love and the light of Christ, Jesus, of Mary, of the Holy Spirit. We'll just, I already feel it. It's expanding, expanding, expanding. And it's a holy, oh, holy night, oh, holy light. The holiness will come through where each one of us needs it. I can grab that intention so easily. Thank you, Barbara Rose. Very well said. How about you, Brother George? There is a childlike wonder that comes around this time of year. And the scripture says, Matthew says, uh, talks about becoming like a child to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. And so there's something that I hope each of us can, can touch, can go back to. When I was really young, we used to, the, my mom and dad used to drive me around and we would go looking at Christmas lights and they said I would scream, Christmas lights, Christmas lights. <laughs> that wonder, that childlike wonder, that's what I hope each of us can touch because it connects to the baby Jesus and what he brought to the world. Wow. That's my intention. George, if I was with you, I'd, I'd take a ride with you and see the lights tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully we'll get to experience it all during this beautiful presentation, Oh Holy Night. It's so appropriate that we celebrate Christmas and many times, not just one, because we're still in Advent preparing the way, but I believe our hearts are already re receiving the gift, the presence that we're going to be talking about, but also presenting to each of you we're going to be doing communion at the end of our program. So make sure you have your elements so we can celebrate with you um, this special day. And I see some people have little Santa Claus hats on. So kudos to you. You're in the spirit. Appreciate that. George, would you open up with prayer for this evening of celebration? Thank you, Padre. I'd be honored. Oh, holy night. Oh, holy one. We come together to adore you. Come and lead us into the Holy of Holies. There is no room in the inn, but there is room here. We open our hearts, we open our homes, and we invite you in. Come now. Come, Holy One. Come, Holy yep. Spirit. Come, Heavenly Dove. Descend on us now. Blessed Mother, you who carried the light of the world, the one called Emmanuel for nine months. We honor you and we give you thanks for your most holy service. Come now and be with us. Angels of the heavenly realms, come now. Fill the homes of every listener tonight. Saints and sages of all time, come now. Padre Pio, Saint Therese of Lisieux, Saint Anne, Saint Francis, Saint Clare. Mary of Magdalene, St. Gemma, Anthony of the Desert, St. Rita, Mother Teresa, Buddha, Yogananda, Sriyama Bhagavan, Great Compassionate Light, Padre Ron Roth, we love you, Padre Ron. Come now. Come rejoice with us. A child was born, the Savior of the world, called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, the one who took away the sins of the world, Thank you, Abba, for your son, for the divine incarnation, the one who walked the same path we walk, the one who lights the way, the one who holds my hand in the valley low, and the one who leads me to the mountaintop. Tonight we celebrate the one called Yeshua, the Christed one, the one called Jesus, the Son of Man, the Son of God, 
the son of David. Bless my sister and my padre, bless me. We're your vessels, your creations made in your image. Use us tonight, all of thee, none of me, all of thee, none of me, nothing but thee, none of me. I thank you, God, for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What a powerful blessing that was, opening prayer, George. I'm, I'm already crying, <laughs> feeling the presence, just consuming me with that warm invitation for everybody to come to the table to the Lord tonight. So, George, that was spectacular. I want to also welcome each of you for the, that are on our program tonight. Listening in for maybe the first time, just welcome to Celebrating Life. And as we celebrate Yeshua's birth 2,000 years ago, but that new birth within each one of us. So in the Celebrating Life tradition, we love to worship God. We love to open up the doors of our hearts as we worship God. So George, take it away. putting me in the mood for the more you know thank you so much George for leading us in that open heart um, God's love for us and in return our love to God um, as we step in tonight we're gonna, I'm going to invite Reverend Barbara Rose to begin our some of the teachings some of the flow that happens when we we're, we're celebrating O Holy Night so Reverend Barbara Rose We'll have you begin um, our teachings tonight. Thank you, Padre, and thank you, George. My space is filled with your singing. So beautiful. Thank you. And now I'll take you all back to the scriptures. As I prepared, I talked to Mary and Joseph and talked about what it was like for them. And they said how they were partly connected to the scriptures, but they didn't really know that they were included. And Psalm 139 is one that they led me to. This is a prayer that they prayed. Oh, my beloved, even before words rise up in prayer, you have already heard the call of my heart. You encompass me with love wherever I go and your strength is my shield. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night dazzles as with the sun. The darkness is as light with you. In you, darkness and light are the same. You formed me in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. More than I know myself, do you know me. My essence was not hidden from you. I yearn to come to you in love, to learn of your mercy and wisdom. Search me, O oh my beloved, and know my heart. Enlighten me, that I might radiate your love and light. And radiate that love and light became their life purpose, bringing Jesus into the world. And it all began with a yes the yes of Mary, about the age that she would have been. And the angel said she would be the mother of God, the mother of the Lord. And she said, yes, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me according to your word. During this time of preparation, very often when I was meditating, out of my mouth, out loud, I would hear, yes, 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 three yeses. And as we go on tonight, 
each of you can get in touch with your yes around bringing the light into the world. We have had some wonderful prayer services and healing services on the different seasons, and I won't repeat them. But just to say that Hanukkah was a feast that Mary and Joseph celebrated. And the scriptures that they gave me for this is, my servant shall bring light to the Gentiles from Isaiah. And in John's gospel, we read, Jesus is the true light that lights everyone who comes into the world. And Jesus also said, I am the light of the world. You who follow me will not walk in darkness, but you will have the light of life. So Hanukkah is a time of miracles as we are expressing the light and sharing it. We let ourselves be illuminated by the light of the candles and we help light up the flame in others. So a big part of Hanukkah is choosing to be a light for others. And that's something for each of us to look at. How can I be more of a light, especially during these days before the busyness of the holiday? The more people who are lit, the brighter the world will be. And so spread your light. And then Advent is the Christmas candles. And Ryan gave us a really beautiful explanation of this. He also reminded us that St. Francis was responsible for popularizing the Feast of Christmas. He taught that flesh was what God chose to take on flesh and materiality, physicality, our humanity. And from that space, we have always been with God. The coming of the Christ is God with us, and God has always been with us. So when we think of Advent as waiting and preparing for Christmas, we're not simply waiting for the little baby Jesus to be born, because we know that already happened over 2,000 years ago. But we are forever welcoming the universal Christ consciousness that Jesus embodied, the Christ that is forever being born in every human being, including each one of us. So it's a time to wake up to God's incarnate presence that is already in our midst and to let it expand more and more as God is waiting for us to wake up to the Jesus alive in us and in our midst. And tonight, we are doing that. Winter solstice. Tomorrow morning at 7.59 Pacific Standard Time, we begin the shortest day of the year and the longest night of the year. When I was younger, I could hardly wait for the light, and I would try to avoid the darkness. This year, and in my 80th year right now, it shifted. I'm not afraid of the darkness. I've often been comforted by the light and the hope of the darkness going away. But this year, I felt invited to embrace both the light and the darkness. Embracing them equally, even to the point of dancing with them, feeling like I go in and out of light and in and out of darkness. I see the sacredness of embracing the darkness and the longer nights. And I find myself moving into darker places without the anxiety and fear that I used to have. It's taken a long time to get here. I've been shown the beauty of the mystery of darkness, the beauty of being a darker night, the beauty of turning inward. 
the opportunity to slow down and embrace the lessening of the light, to tune inward and rest in the cycle of life. In many ways, I felt like an animal in hibernation. And yet at the same time, I have been celebrating the magnificence of the light. And that's the theme that's really come through as I've been preparing for this. And it's the same as the Psalm that I read at the beginning. In you, darkness and light are the same. Today is a very special day for me. 17 years ago today, my mother died. And at Thanksgiving, which was the first family gathering Charles and I have been to in several years, my sister brought this little statue to me after the meal. And as soon as I saw it, I pictured it on my mother's, the shelf above the kitchen sink. And she had her little African violets all around. These are just little roses that I have on my altar. And I saw pictures when, she, when Sandy was my sister. She gave it to me. I cried, of course. And I saw pictures of myself standing at that sink, washing dishes and talking to Mary and talking to Jesus. And I saw pictures of my mother pouring her heart out to this little statue of Mary. And I would listen to her. And she talked to Mary as a mother and said to her, help me with my children. I'm the oldest of seven. And in that sink, I watched my mother wash my brother, Joe. I was eight. She put a towel down. And she had a little sponge and soap. She showed me how to get in that little crevices and the cracks and in the ears. And I would look at baby Jesus at his eyes and think, someday I'm going to have a baby. I'll have my own baby I can give a bath to. <laughs> and then I had two more brothers. And by that time, I was able to do the baths in the sink. So this statue is now on the altar across from my prayer chair. And this morning, my mother came with Jesus on one side and Mary on the other. She asked me to pick up the statue and hold it. And when I came back to my chair with it, she was there kneeling before me. And she spoke kind and loving words. And then I knelt down and I embraced her. We cried and had an even deeper healing in our relationship as mother and daughter. And she reminded me she's on the other side and she knows that I had a big contract to do this. And she recommitted to be my mother for the rest of my life and to meet me when I die. So that was my mother's gift to me this morning, 17 years later. I remember the last time I saw her. She always wanted to die in her sleep. She did not want us there at night. She wanted us to go home. And I turned and looked at her the last time I saw her alive. And I saw her face turn to light. And I said, I love you, mom. And I left. She died in her sleep that night. In your book, Untie the Strong Woman, Carissa Pincola Esti says, the first word inscribed into the hearts of all humanity across the planet in all of time is ma. Ma. I can ask you to close your eyes for this next section. And feel that ma sound inside of you. There is no, doubt, no duality. The same sound ah in most languages is used for God. Allah. Abba. Father. The ah sound resonates with the heart. Listen to the voice of the ah in your soul, 
in your heart. That sound, ah, opens the door to the spirit within you. It helps you hear the voice of love and know that love is all there is. Awe helps dissolve the dream of separation and allows duality to fade away. So the awe of the mother, ama, mama, mommy, madre, echoes the awe of the father, God, Yahweh, Abba. So I wondered what Yeshua called his mother. And I looked it up and every place I read gave the same thing. He probably used the Aramaic word, Ima, Ima. Let that resonate in you. Hear the little Jesus calling his mother, Ima. And when you're ready, Open your eyes and look at these representations of the cosmic universal mother. You know, the first Christmas wasn't really pretty and easy. I can't imagine what it was like for pregnant Mary and exhausted Joseph to travel a long distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem, probably on an animal, during the last days of Mary's pregnancy. Only to be homeless and give birth in an unfamiliar, messy, smelly place where animals were kept. And to soon be vulnerable refugees in their flight to Egypt shortly after the birth of Jesus. So on this holy night, when we celebrate the holy light, we acknowledge the divine as hidden quietly inside the human every human, not just the Hollywood pictures, the poor, the lowly, the ignorant, the holy and sacred, hidden in the physical and the material world. Tonight we acknowledge Jesus as the Christ who is in everyone and everything. We acknowledge Mary as the mother of Jesus and the universal mother of all people and all cultures and all times. Over the centuries, there were many portraits painted of the Divine Mother and her son Jesus. More than any other paintings, it's interesting to see how different cultures do not see them as poor and lowly. They always dress them in their best clothes, whatever their culture would be, to bring the light. So even though Jesus was born in a stable, in a poor atmosphere, he is represented and his mother is represented usually with beauty and light because it gives the people hope. And we have many places around the world where they name their cities, where they name their, their buildings after the Holy Mother. I found a lot of pictures from different cultures honoring Mary, honoring Jesus as if they were from their culture. Tonight, we're going to listen to a beautiful rendition of the Ave Maria. It's in Latin, Ave Maria, Grazia Plena, Dominus Tecum, Benedicta tu in Mulieribus, et Benedictus Fructus Ventris tu in Jesus. Holy Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. So in a moment when we approach the slides, approach each slide with heartfelt devotion as if you 
are talking to Jesus and Mary. And pray for the people of the cultures that are being represented there, the painful things they're experiencing, the losses. Help them celebrate the hope that they carry in their hearts. With all of them, we long for healing and hope to be shown upon all peoples of all traditions in all cultures around the world as we move into a more universal oneness with the Divine Mother, the Holy Mother and her Son, Jesus. Connect through these pictures to the Mother's love for her Son and the Son's love for his Mother. Experience each picture as a photo. I see it like as a rosary bead or a mala bead. Each picture is one part one representation of the oneness that is the light of all, just a different flavor, just a different color. So bring your thinking down to your heart and pray with each, pre- each picture as if you are praying on the beads.
That was so beautiful, Barbara Rose. I could listen to that all night long. And these beautiful images of Our Lady and the baby Jesus, that was spectacular. Many of those I have not seen in my lifetime, but man, the essence that each of these, each of these pictures brought into my spirit, my heart was so open and, and thank you so much for that. That's what a beautiful, um, you talked, you, your stories, you started with your own, your own mother who passed away, ironically, today, 17 years ago. And you know how the Holy Spirit sets all of this up. And you know, and so I can see where your, your story, your presentation tonight took you. But as always, is about the mother, because the mother is the one who brings us to this earth, you know, from the spirit realm into the mother earth. And what a beautiful rendition of that tonight, Barbara Rose. I thank you so much. Now, doesn't, don't you have something with Padre Pio? Because, you know, Padre Pio was, he loved Our Lady. He loved the Christ child. And in that, I think he has a beautiful, whether it's a poem, a story about Padre Pio, that I would love yes. to include in that right now. Padre Pio loved Holy Christmas and had a particular devotion to the Christ child. In fact, he personally made a nativity scene in his house in a little cave and very attentively placed Our Lady and St. Joseph, the ox, the donkey, the magi, the shepherds with the sheep and all the other characters. And in the center of the cave, he placed the manger very carefully. And when midnight struck on Christmas Eve, he personally put the Christ child in. There is a story here that one of his friends said, the Eucharistic celebration on Christmas Eve was lived by Padre Pio with immense joy. In one testimony, Renzo Alighieri recounts the experience he lived with Padre Pio at Christmas time. We were reciting the prayers while waiting for Mass. Padre Pio was playing with, praying with us. All of a sudden, in an aura of light, I saw the baby Jesus appear in his arms. Padre Pio was transfigured, his eyes gazing upon the glowing child in his arms, his face transformed by an astonished smile. When the vision disappeared, Padre Pio realized from the way I was looking at him that I had seen everything, but he drew close to me and told me not to mention it to anyone. I can picture that myself. Knowing how much Padre Pio loved the Mass, he loved praying the Rosary, which they did before Mass, and to have that experience of actually the baby Jesus in his arms, glowing with light, and actually that person who got to witness that, talk about a, a miracle in itself, and I can just imagine the joy. When you were reading that, I felt the joy inside of my own heart just gleaming because I had that one of the pictures of Padre Pio holding the baby Jesus during Christmas. And the joy, the light that comes from that picture just takes me. And that was one of Ron Ross' favorite pictures, especially around Christmas time. So I have it hung in one of our, my little grottos that I created for Christmas because it, it's a place of honor in our home. So thank you, Barbara Rose, for this beautiful presentation. It's just it's already singing in my heart, and I can hear the angels singing hallelujah already. We're going to move on to George, and I know, George, I think you, don't you have a little story to tell about angels? I do have a little story about angels, Padre. So, Barbara Rose, I don't know if you noticed, but one of the slides is this, this image I have above me. Did you see that? Yes. <laughs> so, I love this. Perfect. I love this. None of this is planned, right? This is, this is holy planning. This is the divine. I love the mother theme and 17 years and mine ties into that too. So, so as probably most of you know, my, my mom passed away with on with this theme early in February of this year. And I'm down here in San Diego and I'm clearing out the house and getting rid of things and donating and all of that. And in her room back tucked into a corner was a bookshelf and it had closed glass doors on it. And inside of it were one shelf of our books that we read when we were children. And in it was this book. It's called The Littlest Angel. 
This is my wonder book, Georgie and Jamie Lopez. <laughs> and inside it, on inside of all the books on this shelf, she had written these little notes. Who gave us the book? What? Wh who it was from? What meant? Which one of us it belonged to? And in this one, she wrote, "The Littlest Angel." I read this book to the boys until they knew it by heart. <laughs> this is the story of the Littlest Angel. So the Littlest Angel was exactly four years, six months, five days, seven hours, and forty-two minutes when he presented himself to the gatekeeper and waited for admittance to the glorious kingdom of God. Now, he tried to pretend that he wasn't afraid, but, you know, his lower lip kind of trembled, and a tear ran down his small, freckled nose, and he sniffled, which is a most unangelic sound, which unnerved the gatekeeper so much that he did something that he's never done in all eternity. He blotted the page. So from that moment on, heaven was turned upside down, right? The littlest angel soon became the despair of all the heavenly hosts. He sang off key at choir practice. He was so small that it took him twice as long to get everywhere. So he was late for nightly prayers, and he was always knocking everybody's wings when he was darting trying to get into place. So it was first whispered the, among the seraphim and the cherubim, and then it was said aloud amongst the angels and archangels. He didn't even look like an angel, and they were right. His halo was permanently tarnished where he used to hold on to it when he ran, and he was always running. And even when he stood still, it was always slipping down over his right eye or his left eye. Or else just for pure meanness, it would slip off the back of his head and roll down some golden street, and he'd have to run chasing after it. And his wings, they were neither useful nor ornamental. All of paradise would hold its breath when the littlest angel perched himself like a fledgling sparrow on the very edge of a gilded cloud and prepared to take off. He would teeter this way and that way, and after a few false starts, he'd close his eyes, hold his freckled nose, count to 303, and then hurl himself into space. But he forgot to move his wings, so he would fall head over halo, and it was reported that when he was nervous, and he was nervous a lot, he even bit the tips of his wings. And everyone in heaven knew that sooner or later he was going to have to be disciplined. So on the eternal day of the eternal month of the eternal year, he was sent to present himself to the angel of peace. So he combed his hair. He dusted off his wings. He scrambled into a almost clean robe. And then with a very heavy heart, he trudged his way to the place of judgment. He took off his halo and he breathed on it and he rubbed it on his robe to tie and shine it up. The understanding angel looked down at the small culprit. He says, so you're the one who's been turning heaven upside down. He says, come here, little cherub, and tell me all about it. Well, before long, the littlest angel was sitting on the lap of the, of the big angel, and he was telling him all his troubles. It's really hard for a boy when he finally suddenly finds himself an angel. Yeah, he'd swung on the golden gates three times, but it was just for something to do. And, you know... That's trouble, but there, there really isn't anything for a small angel to do it. He was really homesick. And he says, not that paradise wasn't beautiful, but the earth was too. Didn't God create the earth too? There were trees and brooks and caves to play pirate in, a swimming hole, the sun, the rain, and the soft, warm earth. The big angel smiled and he understood. And he said, he says, what would make him most happy in paradise? The littlest angel thought for a while, and he said, there's a box. I left it under my bed. If I could only have that, he whispered. Understanding angel says, done. Send a messenger to retrieve the box. So it came to pass that Jesus, the Son of God, was to be born. Everyone in heaven rejoiced. The angels, the archangels, the seraphim, the cherubim, the gatekeeper, the wingmaker, and even the halo smith put aside all their usual tasks to prepare their gifts for the blessed infant, everyone but the littlest angel. He sat down on a golden step, and he waited for inspiration. The time of the miracle was very close when he finally decided on his gift. And on that day of days, he proudly took it from its hiding place behind a cloud and humbly, with downcast eyes, placed it before the throne of God. It was only a small, rough, unsightly box, but inside were all the wonderful things that even a child of God would treasure. A small, rough, unsightly box lying among all those glorious gifts from the angels. The gifts were so rare and of breathless beauty that the reflection lit up heaven. 
When the little angel saw what this, he wanted to reclaim his shabby gift. It was ugly. It was worthless. If only he could take it and hide it from the sight of God before it was even noticed. But it was too late. The hand of God moved slowly over all the bright, shiny gifts, and then it paused, dropped, and came to rest on the lowly gift of the littlest angel. The littlest angel trembled as the box was open, and there before God in all of heaven was what he offered the Christ child. And what was his gift? Well, there was a butterfly with golden wings captured one bright summer day, a sky-blue egg from a bird's nest, and two white stones found on a muddy riverbank where he and his friends had played. And at the bottom was a limp, tooth-marked leather strap that was once worn as a collar by his dog. The littlest angel wept hot, bitter tears. Instead of honoring the Son of God, he had been blasphemous. Why had he thought it was so wonderful? Why had he dreamed that such useless things would be loved by the blessed infant? He was terror and frantic terror. He turned to run away, but instead he stumbled and he fell right at the throne of God. There was dreadful silence in all of heaven, except for the sobbing of the littlest angel. Then suddenly the voice of God rose, sounding like music. Of all the gifts of all the angels, I find that this box pleases me most. Its contents are of earth and of men, and my son is born to be king of both. These are the things my son, too, will know and love and cherish, and then leave behind when his task is done. I accept this gift in the name of the child Jesus, born of Mary this night in Bethlehem. There was a breathless pause, and then the rough, unsightly box began to glow. The light became so bright it blinded all of heaven, all except the littlest angel. Only he saw it rise from its place before the throne of God, and only he watched it shed its clear, white, beckoning light over a stable where a child was born. There it shone on the night of miracles, and its light was reflected down the centuries, deep in the heart of all mankind. Yet earthly eyes, blinded too by its splendor, could never know that the lowly gift of the littlest angel was what all men would call forever the shining star of Bethlehem. And so this, this sweet story, and it's so funny because when I told Barbara Rush, she said it was one of her favorite books, one of her two favorite books as a child too. We all have this belief that what we have, what we give God is not good enough or that we're not good enough. Um, I know Padre and Barbara Rose, we have the same matching picture. And I know so many people that when I'm in the healing rooms, I hear the same and I see the same thing in their space, this belief that what I have to give is not good enough. It's not enough. And the truth is that God just wants our heart. And he wants really what we value, whatever that is, he values. And he sees that. And I love this uh, sweet story reminding me of this. <laughs> Wow, George, that was, I love the story. I never had a little book like that when I grew up, but that is just so beautiful. And I, I swear you, your mother read it to you and know that was going to be your life. I seen little Georgie and all the play with this little angel. Even got a little angel with Gita's son making an appearance just as the baby Jesus did tonight. So I celebrate you, George, I celebrate it with your mom. Talk about a, a gift that she has given you and to find that book as you're going through all these things. We have a, a theme of the mother and the child and how beautiful is that? Today is to be celebrated, you know, with our moms, with Yeshua and the new birth that's within each one of us. I feel the, the, the opening of the heart for the spirit to come and dwell among us. Once again, you know, our bodies are told in the scriptures it's the temple of the holy spirit and with the holy spirit just as the story of barbara rose with the mother the child now with the angels that george read from the little book of the angels till now we're going to be moving into our communion service and if you have your elements prepare for those you know it's all about entering into a place that you know that's familiar with you and if it's new for the first time for you we here at Celebrating Life, 
we take communion and everyone is welcome to the table. Our hearts are open to the more. One of the things that I love to talk about, or at least position uh, retreats, our healing services, it's about worship. It's about opening up to the heart so that we can celebrate what's actually within us and all around us. And that's God's love, God's space. So to the highest heavens brings me closer to Yeshua. And this is what communion is all about, bringing heaven here on earth and just allowing you and I and all of us to share bread together, to share a meal. And that meal is actually a person, the life of Christ. In communion, we come together with the divine purpose of knowing thyself, knowing the one who created us. So as Barbara Rose begins to break bread on all of our behalfs, let us celebrate this season of grace, the person of Jesus. So Barbara Rose, would you begin the elements? Ask you each to hold your bread. And I'm going to begin with an invitation, a poem-like, based on the writings of St. John of the Cross. If you want, the Virgin will come walking down the road, pregnant with the Holy, and say, I need shelter for the night. Please take me inside your heart. My time is so close. Then under the roof of your soul, you will witness the sublime intimacy, the divine, the Christ, taking birth forever as she grasps for your hand for help. For each of us is the midwife of God. Each of us is the midwife of God. Yes, there under the dome of your being does creation come into existence eternally through your womb, dear pilgrim, the sacred womb in your soul. As God grasps our arms for help, for each of us is God's beloved servant, never far. If you want, the Virgin will come walking down the street, pregnant with light and with love. Holy Mother, Virgin Mary, we come to you. Each of us is your loving child. With you, we desire to be midwives of the presence so that the Christ may be born in us always. Lead us to your son, Yeshua, the Christ. And hold your bread. Jesus, bless this bread with the fullness of your Christ presence. You are the bread of life, and those who eat this bread will live forever. As we break the bread, we remember our yes to whatever the divine asks of us. We want to release all that is not light, all that is not life, all that is not you, so that we can be totally dissolved in God with you, Jesus. With reverence, we now partake of the bread and take the divine into us. As we eat this bread of life, we honor the union with all humanity where we are one with you in Christ consciousness. We want to dissolve in you. We want to carry you always. We know your love and light are in everyone and everything. Thank you for feeding us with the bread of life, for soaking us in the light of your holy presence. Amen. Mm. we take the cup of this new wine 
this new birth. I love what Barbara Rose talked about. We, each of us are the handmaiden of the Lord. Each of us received as Mary did, the Christ did one within us and it dwells within our temple. In the, when Jesus took the bread, gave it to the disciples and he blessed the wine and says, take this all of you and drink from it. We are one body in the spirit. And as many as the wounds that Jesus suffered going to the cross, said he was scourged, he had a crown of thorns. This in Christmas, it really represents that new birth. He came, he birthed us in a sense to have a connection with heaven. And as so does Mary, as Mary intercedes for each of you to her son, as we partake in the elements of the the body, the blood of Yeshua, we do connect to the heavenly realm. And from what I understand in the Eucharist, that this transformation from wine to blood, it might seem a little different to you, but it has the power to change your life. It has the power to renew your, your body, your soul, your spirit. So when we bless it, when you bless these elements, as I'm doing right now, and offering it up to the Lord, it becomes living, as like the living bread. This is living water, the true waters of the living soul. And as we partake in this beautiful thirsting for the more of God, we get to quench that thirst by receiving in your healing, your reconciliation, the power to forgive, the power to release what's binding you, and allowing then the new feeling of the breath of God, the, the, the streams of living water, the mercies of God for ourselves and also our family and our family members. So we participate in offering not only for ourselves, our own healing, but your families, this world. There's a, a oneness, there's a holy night that is appearing right now into your soul as the angels celebrate Yeshua's life in us. So let us participate. Let us agree with heaven tonight that Jesus came to love on us, to heal us, to restore us. So receive the beauty, the living waters of our Lord Jesus Christ. Receive the element now. It will be a beautiful time now to offer prayers for you individually and that corporately, and I'm going to ask Reverend Barbara Rose to lead us in prayer for those on the call, on this call, but also for those outside these walls where the world needs our prayer. So Reverend Barbara Rose. Oh God, we are your family gathered here in your presence, having partaken of the light and the love that has been available in the Holy Communion in the form of bread and wine. We are filled with your loving presence. You have enveloped us in your light. And now we call upon all the healing angels and archangels to be with us wherever we are. Like the littlest angel, we offer our hearts and we invite the big angels to bring gifts of healing, especially for those who are on this Zoom prayer tonight. Whatever is in our hearts that we most need healing with, please open up, send your angels. We know what to ask for. Also give us what we don't know we need, gift us with that. Whatever's in your treasure chest, we want to receive your graces. And tonight, we pray especially for the children in the world, in particular those who are starving, those who are having difficulties. May the Christ child be a grace that will travel from one to the other touching them with healing. We pray too for those who are suffering the loss of loved ones, 
you alone, oh God, can fill that empty space. We pray for those whose minds are not healthy, who have mental challenges, those who have emotional challenges. These are like the children, the ones that you welcome into heaven. Bless them, heal them. Let them see how much they are loved by you. Archangel Raphael, I feel you very strongly present. You have a gift for each one of us. Give it now. Thank you all. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, all the angels and saints who are with us. Thank you for the healing. Amen. Amen. Wow. That's a beautiful, wide-open prayer for all of us. Thank you, Barbara Rose. How about you, Brother George? Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence here. I feel you moving all over my body as my sister prayed. I thank you for holding to that promise that whether two or three are gathered, there you are. You've been with us from the moment we started this call. I'm so grateful for this family who gathers together to pray together, to laugh together, to worship together, to cry together. Bless each and every person, and not just each and every person on this call, but each and every person connected to them, so that like a Christmas tree of lights, we connect one to the other, to the other, to the other, and slowly heal the world, a world that is in chaos and lost. But you hold the answer and you hold the world in your hands, and you hold us in your hands. And I trust in that tonight. I trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you, Abba. I trust that you know what each and every one of us needs deep down. It's not a gift that goes under a tree. It's something in our heart. And we ask for that now. We ask that you rain down your light and your love, like the star that shone over Bethlehem, shine down on us now. Let us know that we are your beloved and that you will never forsake us. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for the blessed mother. We thank you for the healing that is pouring out over everyone tonight. We claim it in Jesus' name. We claim it. It is ours. It is our divine birthright, and we claim it now. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Abba. In Jesus' name, amen. We recognize the prayers that are being prayed tonight are so deep in our, our consciousness of those around us, especially even our mothers, our children, the world. You know, they really do have a, an awesome opportunity of healing and restoring tonight. So we just say thank you, God, for your rich deposit. And we pray for all our mothers who maybe have died around this time or Maybe you're taking care of your mom as a caregiver, or maybe you need to be cared for. Those in the hospital, those who are in the prisons, those in the mental hospital or the nursing homes, there's a variety of care that needs to be given. And I believe the Holy Spirit is sending forth the angels to minister to everyone that we know personally, besides those that we don't know but need help, especially those who got killed in those tor recent tornadoes in the Midwest. We still have floods, we still have hurricanes, we still have fires. All those who this year who have been affected in that way, we just send the 
the love of God, the power of God, the, the joy of God to bring solitude to the heart. There are those who are on this call who feel sick, whether it's the flu, whether it's COVID, or whether it's just a, a disease that has sprung up um, during this holiday. So we're going to pray for you specifically that the, the shower of heaven, the lights of heaven begin to burn, the candles of heaven begin to light on your behalf, sending you healing and restoration. So everyone who has a situation in their own health or their own health and healing, come Holy Spirit, let the fire of God's love, let the burning candles of the birthday cake that we celebrate today in Yeshua's name, that we celebrate your health, your healing. And like I explained before, let's decree health and healing in Jesus' name, in your life, in your home, in your business, in your neighborhood, in your churches, in your synagogues. We just say thank you, God, for planting the seed of grace that each of us can and will allow grace to heal and restore. And I know, I think George has a, a, a surprise, a gift to give you as we celebrate tonight's celebration on Christmas, because it's all about the joy of the Lord is our strength. And like all of us, we love to be presented with gifts and we're honoring the King. We're honoring sweet Jesus. So with that in mind, we're going to, I'm just going to turn it over to George and we're just going to celebrate the gift he has for humanity. <laughs> and so go for it, Georgie. All right. So this all ties in with this theme with mother and child and all of that. And every single year, and this is every year, we baked a cake with my mom and we sang happy birthday to Jesus. And so it was, it was to remind us that whatever was going on and Santa and gifts and all of that was all great, but that the real reason was Jesus' birthday. So I baked a cake today. <laughs> I'm going to light the candles and I'm going to sing happy birthday to Jesus. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. What kind of cake? <laughs> chocolate with chocolate cream patisserie in the middle and buttercream almond frosting oh my god i'm coming over your house afterwards <laughs> i love that it really does tie in with our theme tonight all these little pieces now are coming together and how beautiful you honored your mom georgie with making a birthday cake for jesus because it's his birthday right how old is Jesus? How many candles he got on the, on the I cake? Put seven, because isn't seven the, nine, the number in the Bible? The, Absolutely. Right. Yes. <laughs> so I picked something that was very symbolic. This, yes. I would turn this, but I'm afraid that would fall off the plate. But I wrote, <laughs> Happy birthday, Jesus. Yeah, no, we save the cake, my brother. Save the cake. <laughs> so, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jesus. Happy birthday to you. Woohoo! Who knew that you were a baker also? Wow, George. This is it's amazing celebration tonight. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, as we close this evening, and that's just a just a short moment in eternity that we celebrate God's love for us. We celebrate each other's love for each other, this world. And we pray for the peace that passes all understanding. And we pray for Israel as the scripture teaches us, because this is God's resting place. He's coming back and to sit at the throne of grace. So George, can you lead us into I believe, Oh Holy Night. That's or right. Joy, this this is our theme. So we have to do this song. This is the this is the 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 title of our talk tonight. So, Oh Holy Night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Love. 
George. Thank you so much for being our musician and leading us to the Lord's presence. Thank you, Barbara Rose, for the honor of being present with you as you're sharing Mary's love for the Christ child and for each other. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Julian, for helping Barbara Rose. Thank you, Mary Kay, for your prayers, your communications. I just say, and thank you for all our community members, each of you, that may you have a, a blessed and joyful Christmas season. Happy Hanukkah, Feast of Lights, and may we go along loving our brother and our sister, just as Christ showed us. Namaste, I love you, be well, and celebrate well. God bless you, everyone. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. God bless you, everyone.